Hello, everybody! Welcome to tonight's episode of Laughing Into the Void. I'm your host, Tom, and co-hosting with me, as always, is the lovely Rosalind Paris. Hi! Ayo! Old Faithful, that's what we call that. It doesn't throw me off at all. Um, you can watch our previous broadcasts on the District Comedy YouTube and Facebook channels or listen to them on most podcast platforms. If you enjoy the stream, please consider making a donation of any size or following us on social media using the links in the description uh, for supporting us. That's district-comedy.live. It's really cool. You can like throw in a tip while also watching the stream. It's a cool little website. But here with us today, we have Delfino Chavira. Woo! Um, Delfino is an Austin-based comedian. He has all... Sorry, he was always the class clown, the shortest one in the group, so he had to be quick-witted. He discovered observational humor and comedians that made him think, Oh, I've thought of that, felt that way before, maybe I'm not crazy! Um, writing was always something he wanted to do, and he got thrown into his first open mic and fell in love with the rush of the connection, and he loves his jokes that can split up a room as long as it makes him laugh. Thank you so much for being with us today. You can follow him on Delfini on Instagram. Welcome, Delfino Chavira. Woo, 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 woo. Thank you oh, so much. Spotlighting Thanks. myself. Woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> so Thank you. Um, I will preface it the same way we preface um, all of our episodes, which is that um, we ask all the guests on our show the same first and last question. Um, so the first question that we're going to ask you is for somebody who maybe has never seen you perform before or has never seen your work, how would you describe to them your sense of humor? Mm, it's a bit raunchy. I mean, lately it's been a lot of like dick jokes. Um, just stuff that I can relate to, just stuff that's real. Um, you know, people like ask me like, oh, you're a Mexican comedian or anything like George Lopez. And I'm like, no, cause his jokes are easy. Um, <laughs> It's just like stuff that happens in a Mexican household. And it's like, yeah, that's why people can relate to it. And that's why we laugh. Sure. So, I mean, I guess some of that too, but not as Mexican. You know, my, my jokes aren't very stereotypical, but I'll throw some in there every now and then. Um, but yeah, just raunchiness and stuff that crosses my mind that I think is funny. Or, you know, and I'll, I'll just show that. Well, okay, then I'll kind of, like, dig in a little bit then as far as, like, dig in. Uh, Like a real, like, reporter or something. Um, No, like, um, I want to hear more about your background. Like, you know, what was it like growing up? You mentioned in your bio, you know, like, always being, like, the short one or maybe a little bit there was a tone of, like, always being the outcast. So, like, do you feel like that had a significant impact either, like, to your current comedic style if not why you got into comedy in the first place oh by the way i should also preface sometimes the tone with this show gets a little serious either way uh uh, answer as you like um i hope you're ready for this so as a child i like to encourage our guests to bring the tone of the show down by swearing (laughs) yeah absolutely Yeah, no, I, I, I won't hesitate. Um, <laughs> no, so um, when I was a kid, I mean, I was passed around from family member to family member. My dad was a drug dealer. Um, you know, there was a lot of dark days. So, you know, I I think it was my uncle that is now a crackhead um, got me into, like, comedy and cartoons and, like, look, kind of feeling like, I feel like kind of looking at the bright side of things. 
Because when I was a kid, I would hang out with him a lot. He'd take me to the comic book store, and then we'd go back to his place, and we'd hang out in his room, and he'd smoke a bunch of weed, like, five feet away from me while I was a seven-year-old. And we'd watch Spider-Man, and then we'd go eat my great-grandma's cooking. Um, which, now, you know, I realized as an adult, this dude was getting me super stoned. Like, <laughs> Like, I I was sitting feet away from him while he was rolling up like crazy. And then we'd go and I'd eat an adult's portion of food. And I didn't realize until, like, I was an adult. I was like, oh, no wonder I was eating so fucking much. Like, I was high out of my mind. The food wasn't um, that. It was, it, which it was is great. Good. For everybody, like, listening via the podcast, like, Delfino, like, seems to be, like, in relatively good shape. He's relatively thin. And, like, that didn't have any effect on his current yeah. like physical composition <laughs> yeah. uh, so drugs aren't that bad guys is what, is what he's saying sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes yeah sometimes yeah exactly no but um i actually <laughs> just lost like 30 40 pounds because oh, wow. i felt i fell into like a little hole you know so i was um i think the last time tom i was gonna do an open mic with you guys it snowed here in texas yes and so you guys were going through that power outage yeah yeah, we had all that going on. So I was like, I might, you know, I was like, I could find somewhere to go and, you know, plug into my laptop, but then I'd have to walk in the snow and like, it was a huge thing. I was like, yeah. I didn't know how to do it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Texas. I don't know how to, like, it's the second time in my life I've seen snow. Never want to see it again. I don't even <laughs> like, co- I don't even like cocaine Agreed. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Like I watch how much sugar they put in my Kool-Aid now before it was just like, go for it. Like, no, I don't, I hate white powders now. Um, I hate snow. I lost track of where I was with that. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Basically you were talking about how like uh, when you were growing up, you would like eat your grandma's cooking. You were like inadvertently getting high with your uncle, which honestly I feel like is a really actually if you think about it, a positive story, like, um, because so many people underestimate, like, you know, having, like, a darker background, like you mm-hmm. described, and then, like, being able to take something like that and turn it into something positive by, you know, using comedy and, like, using that as a perspective for your comedic vision. Yeah. So that's what it is. I mean, you know, just, you know, we laugh through the pain type of stuff yeah would you say like your comedy uh your comedy specifically is um somewhat not like a coping mechanism but like kind of a way for you to um filter your perspective on life so that's a little bit more palatable yeah 100 percent. yeah Okay, good. Glad yeah, I asked yeah. that. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, basically it's like, you know, after the end of my set, it, you know, it's basically me, me going, do you see what I see? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think that what's also important is that, like, um, you know, thinking about your comedy style, you still think of it as something that is, like, something you have to not manufacture, but, like, kind of, adjust a little bit to make sure that it is, um, you know, relatable. Um, so how do you feel like, what is that process like as far as like taking these experiences, which are like kind of dark, but maybe Mm -hmm. like more common than we realize to something that is like, I guess, um, I don't want to use the word commercial, 
but that's basically like um, kind of the factor of like relatable and like something that like when I think of like your comedy I think of something that like people can be watching because we'll get into the streaming bit later Mm -hmm. but like people can like tune in no matter like where you are in a segment and kind of get hooked yeah so any thoughts behind the process for that? Oh, the process? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, what was the question? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I just, I compliment people on this show, and that's, like, the whole show. Um, <laughs> um, my process is, so I, I have an idea, and then it's like, okay, so this is funny to me. How do I make it funny to everybody else? How, how do I tell this story without making it a whole-ass story? Because that's, you know, because... You do the whole bit. I write it out as I as I think it, and then it goes into trimming the fat. Um, so, so then, for example, like I can't tell the same jokes here in Austin that that I would back in my hometown. I'm from Mission, Texas. That's about five and a half hours south. It's a little border town right next to Mexico. Like there was little, there was illegal immigrants running across my grandma's yard at 10 p.m. when I was out there smoking a joint or something like when I was 16 years old and it was crazy because they, they like run up to you be like oh my god can you give me some water can you help us and it's like no my cousin's a cop I can get in trouble for just talking to you there's bottles of water over there because my grandma was, was nice she'd leave bottles of water out um because she knew this would happen which is crazy yeah. that it's so normal like this is people's normal life yeah. somewhere in this country you know what i'm saying and it's it goes for a lot of people um yeah. but yeah so i can't tell the same jokes here in austin that i do over there or i can't tell the same jokes over there that i do here because i have to like you know make it a little more like so anyways bro and then this vato came up to me you know, like, so <laughs> you, know, you gotta adjust you know read the room as it's for everywhere you know, I, I, that's that's for everywhere. It's yeah. like I'm not gonna do like I, I remember I did this uh, Zoom open mic and I had this bit about dating a girl with a bald head and well not dating her mm-hmm. it was having sex with her and I was like me I'm you know my, my the joke was like oh yeah I'm into aggressive sex this and that and so I was you know gonna hit her with the finisher so I reached to pull her hair. I'm reaching to pull the hair and there's nothing there. And, you know, so I, I didn't want to lose momentum. And in order to finish, or like, you know, when I was in finish, I slapped her in the back of the head. So, you know, I couldn't, couldn't, do, couldn't do anything else. I did this joke in, a, in like a Zoom room with like seven females, two dudes. And I was just like, could have left that one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could have left that one out. But I was like, I didn't I didn't have any other jokes. Like I was like, I was ready for that. I was working on that one like for three days. <laughs> well, yeah. honestly, it's uh good because that's also something that, believe it or not, we haven't talked about as far as like an aspect of Zoom comedy and its influence on comedy is like kind of uh, you know, getting to do these shows to like a um a relatively like more diverse audience it's like if you're doing a you know a set to a room that ends up being like mostly full of women you might like actually take a second and be like oh wait maybe this isn't like a joke that i should be saying to women like yeah. kind of thing and i feel like that is something uh kind of cool about zoom comedy as far as like um you know at least in my experience for the rooms that i host i've been like seeing like more diverse people participating and like 
you know, a lot of voices that wouldn't commonly be heard in the open mics that I've been to live, however few may they be, and however, like, mostly straight white guys they may be, (laughs) um, sort of thing. Um, But, like, I'm also curious um, as far as, like, um, the part of your bio where you mentioned that, like, your jokes split the room and you kind of love them. I don't know. I kind of got the sense that you love them especially Wow, I can't talk. Especially so because they split the room. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, do you want to talk more on that as far as, like, um, when you're splitting the room, it seems like you're insinuating that, like, your main goal is to kind of create, like, a foundation for people to have a more, like, in-depth conversation about these more controversial issues or is there something else that kind of like goes into like splitting the room like you just like starting something and making people fight with each other or like something yeah like no that? no it's definitely definitely the first thing okay <laughs> everybody yeah, no, first thing um <laughs> first thing <laughs> uh yeah no i mean definitely something I'm, I'm super about like yeah let's have a conversation about this like oh this is a thing that why not have a dialogue about it? Um, splitting the room, it's I, it's more about like, like, oh, this made me laugh. And then I observe like, oh, okay, this one's a little, you know, okay, all right, well, let's see who has the same sense of humor as me. So then I'll continue it. You know, um, half of it is to see like, okay, who's my audience and then who's getting uncomfortable. And then once, it started, like, once I start getting uncomfortable with how uncomfortable people are getting, um, then I'll be like, all right, well, that's the end of the back in. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, Try to bring them back. You actually touch on something that I feel like is really um, relatable to comedians. Like, I feel like every comedian kind of experiences that, but, like, we don't really acknowledge it. But there is, like, a huge indicator as far as, like, um, like where my personal boundary is and then when Uh i've hit that during my own set that's when i take the note to stop almost or is that a factor or do you just like write something beforehand and you're like all right this is uncomfortable for me i'm like bulldozing through and i'm gonna finish those jokes and then maybe switch it up and like go to something honestly i don't really overthink it before that much I really overthink <laughs> things before my comedy. <laughs> no, I overthink so much, but that part I never did. I just like I know it's gonna happen, and I'm like, all right, well, I know when I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So then that's just when I rotate it. But um, I also don't want to like make every fuck everybody super uncomfortable, and then it's just like, oh, this guy is gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's like, oh, that's so painful. Yeah. When you're like when you're watching someone who takes it too far and then yeah. like they, they have like the rest of their set and I'm like we're all just gonna sit here and be very yeah. uncomfortable for the next few minutes. It's like you brought up like a controversial point on abortion like three minutes into your fifty minute yeah. set and like I'm just gonna sit here now and and like watch like you my, try my and next, pull this out. My next opener is gonna be like, Alright guys, so let's talk about Planned Parenthood. Um, <laughs> you know, get like, everybody in the room on the same page. Um, not controversial at all. No, but honestly, I feel like um, that is uh, almost like a, a pretty brave, you know, uh, perspective to take. Because a lot of people, they don't risk that sort of material at all. They 
not necessarily that like they keep their sets clean, but I feel like a lot of comedians that I've observed will like keep it to like the generic like sex stuff or poop stuff or like fart stuff. So it's good that you kind of like work above and beyond that. Yeah. Um, we're That's giving right. people like real kudos for like not making poop jokes on this show, um, <laughs> which is hard because I love a good yeah. poop joke too. Um, check to out fair, last week's we episode last of week. Bob Rose. <laughs> Me and Roz are too much on the same page. Yeah. Um, but okay. Um, so talking about uh, your writing process then, it seems like then you have a little bit of both. You have talked both in your bio about how like you were drawn specifically to stand up, it seems, for, you know, being a formal writer and that mm -hmm. aspect of it. But on the other hand, you do have this, because um, me and Roz both, as everybody has heard us say before, come yeah. from a more uh, improvisational background. Mm -hmm. which is, like, where at least I associate that skill of, like, being able to read the room in the moment and respond to how that specific room with that specific audience is feeling. Mm -hmm. um, so talk to us a little bit about navigating those two aspects that seem to be present in your specific comedic style. Um, so, like I mentioned before, the writing part, yeah, because, I mean... Uh, I think since I was in high school, I wanted to be like a screenwriter. You know, it's a storytelling. Yeah. Storytelling has always been a thing for me. Um, even then, I'm still like, you know, trying to write screenplays every now and then. There's stories here or there. Um, but... Oh, sorry, I blacked out first. I looked at a paper and I was like, what did I try to Oddly write? enough, um, I was like super engaged while you were like <laughs> dissociating and I was like, oh, yeah, no, so, um, <laughs> he's in deep thought. I want to hear this. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm storytelling and then smaller shit. <laughs> okay, well then I'll ask you, how do you like differentiate where does the line between like um, storytelling and like your stand-up begin? Because I feel like that's something that people have a hard time with is like, I'm telling a comedic story and this is my stand-up bit. Cause, and I also feel like that's like good reason. There's sometimes is a good like amount of overlap. Like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I figure out the story and then I try to like throw in the jokes in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how to describe the hand motions to everybody listening to this as a podcast, <laughs> but like you'll have to check out the video. Like, just accept that. <laughs> just, yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, oh. so when I'm I'm like try when I'm writing a set and I'm like trying to focus, I always try to like. I'm very story oriented too. And then I kind of like write it out in my head and then go back and add jokes later. Is that like similar to your process? Mm -hmm. or? Yeah. yeah. I'll bust out my notepad on my, my iPhone and I'll just like start typing what I'm thinking. And then I'll come back to it two days later, barely remembering what I wrote down. And I'm like, Oh, huh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> and then I like try to rewrite it after that. If it yeah. still uh, seems kind of funny. If it still days. makes me laugh. It's yes. like, have, you have earned your place yes. on my phone. Um, I have a I have a note 
of, of uh, one-liners that I, cause I try to write, run the one-liners so much. They're so hard. Yeah. They are. One-liners is so fucking hard. Shout out to Jimmy. I watched that Jimmy Carr special yeah. on Netflix. And it's just like, what is it? An hour long, an hour and some change of just like one-liner after one-liner, one-liner. It's amazing. Jimmy Carr's an underrated genius. Like that Jeez. man looks like an adult baby, but he's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. Ew, it's incredible and even even Jesselnik, it's almost like one liners but it's just, they're, they're all connected yeah yeah, yeah. he's and, really good at like um he has a series of one liners but i feel like uh he manages to somehow like keep them on the same topic which like mm-hmm. I, I don't know creates the illusion of storytelling um yeah. sort of thing but I'm also really curious if there's any that you're comfortable with sharing. What jokes you have on your phone right now that you're willing to share? Just like I, I, notes. I, I, we're not judging if they're like still yeah. works in progress. Oh, definitely still works in progress. But I'll, I'll get you some of the bad ones too. Um, what kind of right-hand psychopath would jack off with their left hand? I think that was just an idea. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> someone once called me a brown noser. I called them racist. <laughs> um, I would hate to be. Oh, this one's actually kind of good. I would hate to be a kid that lives in a nudist community because no matter what, you're always going to be eye level to someone's dick. <laughs> um, I'm so single, I can't even commit to making plans. Oh. <laughs> All right, so for everybody listening, he's also single. Um, get your DMs in while you can. Um, soon he'll get too famous. He'll have like somebody moderating all that. Um, but okay, let's see what else we have on this. I sheet. used to I used to get ideas for jokes when I was like uh, at the bar or whatever, mm-hmm. and so. I would make notes to myself in my notes app. And then the next morning I wake up and be like, oh, I thought of all these really funny jokes last night. And they would just make no fucking sense at all. It would be like, I'd like open it up and it'd be like, man with hat. And I'd be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I have several of those. It was just like, I got a good couple of those. Just the idea of an idea. And it's just like, what is going on here? Where is this going? No, I love like when it's like a detective like, uh, like trying to piece back together like the oh threads my God. of the joke like, from what the night. What was before. I doing last night? That was so <laughs> funny that I felt that it was necessary to like put into right, my man phone. Man with hat. <laughs> man with hat. It's all good. Um, I love that. No, I love it. I do that often in the form of voice memos too. It's like leaving oh, a little voicemail okay. to myself where I remind myself, yeah, that's right. Um, I need to go to bed by ten. Otherwise, I become like a tired mess, and nothing that I say makes. I think sense. I have a couple of those. But like, <laughs> but like, not to make this about you, Roz. I kind of want to like, because you recently had a breakthrough, though, as far as like, um, your stand up at TBJ and like using improv as a background. I don't know if you wanted to share that. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, I preface this with, I got into improv because like. I'm very disorganized and can not do anything ahead of time to save my life. So, like, I was a really good student in school, but every single goddamn paper I turned in from, like, elementary school through grad school, I wrote the night before. Like, 
I'm talking like research, writing, editing, everything. Like it was all done in this, over the span of 12 hours. Some of the pages, some of the papers in grad school are like 25 pages. Like I have no fucking clue how I did it. But just like blackout, wake up. 25 pages are done. Who cares how it happened? A lot of crying. <laughs> uh, a lot of. <laughs> That's I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah. So like, and then when I you know, my performing background, I started doing improv when I was like a teenager. And so I was just so used to like making stuff up last minute that mm -hmm. it just felt really natural to me. And so now that I'm transitioning towards um, more hosting and like doing some standup, I've been really struggling because like, I've just been sitting down and staring at the paper and just like trying to force stuff out. And it doesn't feel organic to me. It's like, it's, it felt really hard to perform. I didn't feel like it was getting laughs or anything. And then last Friday I did Tom's mic. Um, and I was like, I have this story about me trying to pass a drug test. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's actually pretty funny. I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to tell the story, throw some jokes in and see what happens. And I was like, oh, this is what my process should have been all along. <laughs> I should never prepare. Yeah, no. yeah that's, literally, that's literally it. I I was like, oh, I, I just shouldn't do the work. <laughs> okay, to be fair, as far as like why I'm asking that, do you ever feel that way too as far as like, do you ever feel like, is there a story maybe you want to share that you feel like is just so good? Like sometimes things happening in your real life that are just like so good that you can share and like immediately put into your comedy act. Do you have something like that? Just recently, actually. Um, so my roommate, uh, his dad passed away years ago. You know, Hilarious. Uh, yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I should shut up. <laughs> Sorry. I, am I gotta, I need to bring it in. No, they, that was fucking great. Hilarious. Proceed. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no so all right so i me i have this like the biggest fear of ghosts like mm -hmm. ghosts are real and i'm fucking terrified so <laughs> so one so one day i'm hearing the, i hear noises yada, yada, you know i think not much of it um and then i tell my roommate like hey as a joke i say hey uh we have we have ghosts haha -ha. um i heard some stuff in your room he's like oh it's probably my pops and then he walks away and I was like, hold on, you got to come back real quick. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, oh, no, I was, uh, you know, I haven't been feeling great. So I asked my pops, you know, if you can, you know, show me a sign, tell me he's here, make me feel better, this and that. I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. Um, could you ask him to do it when I'm not home? <laughs> and also, could you please stop fucking summoning spirits into our apartment? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was about to say, like, could you not summon a yeah. fucking ghost into yeah. our house? <laughs> I had You're a asking for when trouble. I was 16, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I mean, that's like, I feel like there's some basic rules, like, as roommates. <laughs> And one don't of those... summon spirits. Like... Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna do something to cult, maybe do it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> but it should be it's like, like... Hey, uh, are you coming home today? Because I was gonna have this ritual real quick. <laughs> no, no video. Just like, real quick, yeah, like, like break out the Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, like, hey, you might have a couple friends come over. They're gonna have a bunch of hoods. It's all good. We have some uh, lights are gonna be off, so don't turn them off. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. Um, if, if you know, you can have that flexibility with your leasing agreement, you should, like, build in, like, if you do, like, sage incense, like, take that out of the security <laughs> deposit. Um, no, that's... Uh, no, so I had someone come, like, leave rocks at my doorstep, and um, we had stuff. Like, I, I have a friend who believes in, like, rocks and stuff, and... Well, no, not rocks. Like um, crystals. Crystals. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Crystals. I knew what you were saying. It's all yeah, the same yeah. shit. It's just not a shiny rocks. rock. Yeah. <laughs> they're special rocks, but they're still yeah. rocks. I'm sure we're going to get like an angry letter from like a uh, geologist. Actually, rocks and crystals are very different. I am one of the two viewers of District Comedy, and I communicate, even though my hands are typing, by mail. Um, I type like this. <laughs> oh, John. Jesus. Uh, but no, okay. So, okay, so you derive some, like, real stories a little bit. So there's, like, a little bit of an improv and a little bit of a story element that, like, yeah. still make their way into it, and it's not all... Like, I always, like, compare to myself where it's, like, when I write a set, I am the least organic person possible. I, like, if the gods so much as, like, gift me with inspiration for a premise, I then take that and will, like... For a segment of time that is the same every day, work through it like a mule until maybe a comedy happen. Um, <laughs> it often does not. So that's good it to know. It often does, though. <laughs> Wait, what? The comedy, it, it happens sometimes. Yes. Sometimes it does. Yes, yes, sometimes it does. Um, See, there you go, Tom. I appreciate it. See, like, I'm also too insecure. I was, like, immediately... I was like, oh my god, Ross is saying it doesn't happen for me. Um, <laughs> also, like, I find that, like, I need to somehow translate my self-deprecating skills and, like, if I can transfer those over to somebody else, all of a sudden, I'm a roaster. Um, and that is something I'm dealing with and trying to make happen. But um, I've also observed... Uh, that you periodically do streams. And, like, other than Rachel Rothenberg, which I mentioned before we started the show, but I'll say again for our audience, um, she's really the only other person that we've interviewed who, like, has a substantial, like, audience on Twitch or, like, the live streaming services. So, um... I'm really interested in your perspective as far as, like, these aren't always centered around comedy, your streams. Um, but, like... How have you found the experience be to be compared to the other digital ways we've been saying connected as far as like I know that like independently if you're doing your own stream, maybe you have more of a chance to like directly engage with your audience than say a virtual zoom open mic yeah. The virtual Zoom over mics. I've been uh, so I've been going to a lot of comedy, a lot of more comedy clubs again because Texas opened up. Um, speaking of super, uh, I went to a show last week in which there was a fight right behind me, and I was like, "Should I do something?" <laughs> and then the DJs, like the lights came on, DJ started playing "Shut, Shut, 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 Shuts, <laughs> Everybody," and then Tony Hitchcliffe came out. So I was like, oh, oh fun surprise. <laughs> yeah. It was very it was a very eventful night. Um, Distract them from fighting. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Um, but yeah, no, Twitch helped me out a lot, honestly. I did it out of like boredom. I was like, well shit, I'm stuck in here, you know, there was still the pandemic. Um, I wanted to put myself out there more. 
and be on more of a schedule, like schedule my comedy more. So it's really hard <laughs> streaming live Twitch. I was do I was trying to do it like three times a week while I was doing a new TikTok a day and trying to hit open, you know, trying to do any Zoom open mics that I can in the meantime. Um, but then it's just like, well, shit, I'm telling the same jokes because I'm I'm all out. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said them all fucking two weeks ago in the past two weeks. Um, so then I was like, I guess I'll start playing video games. And then I got into the like, you know, doing uh, talking about uh, music about it, too. And now I have a podcast talk, called Talking with Strangers. Um, where, Plug, you know, check that out. <laughs> bam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I use that stereo app to then you know it, li it links you up with like a random person on the app and Ooh. just have a conversation. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna use that to help me talk with people. Cause, and my therapist thought it was a really good idea if anybody, you know, has problems <laughs> talking. To therapist people. approved for therapist everybody approved. across the yeah. board. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been using that, you know, to help me talk to people, uh, you know, get comfortable just with anybody. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm not. <laughs> I, oh, really? See, yeah, as you can see. No, I got the impression <laughs> that you were like pretty extroverted. Yeah, yeah. Is that no. not the case? Is that a coping mechanism? Do you want to dig into that? <laughs> dig in, Tom. <laughs> All right. Why are you acting like an extrovert you so when you're an extrovert? Yeah. No, I don't think um, introverts are sad. I like to think of myself as an introvert, but like, I get my energy from. I'm also having a hard time because, like, I also recently wrote a joke about this where I'm like, extroverts get their energy from other people. Introverts get their energy from being alone. Revert, a.k.a. me, gets their energy from revisiting past trauma. Like, <laughs> it is, um, it is a struggle. It is definitely a spectrum, but is you just, you seem so outgoing, and I feel like this is the longest extended conversation we've had. So it surprises me to hear that you're an introvert. Yeah, yeah, no, I really am. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's weird, I don't know. I mean, around, because I, I feel like I know you, Tom. You know? Oh, just, just another buddy of mine. <laughs> uh, you hear we, that, we, everybody? We I'm relatable. Uh, yeah, she has friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even in the pandemic. Is there still a pandemic? Yeah. There, okay. there okay. unfortunately is. A lot of the people that I have to deal with at work don't believe that there is, but there is. Uh, yeah, no, I was I was just with my mom who's a Trump supporter. Um uh, so Same. she uh I, I mean I'm like, do you love me? <laughs> what happened? Uh, should I go back over there to mom? Um <laughs> your mom Latin? Um, I mean, her her dad's from Mexico. Like we're both Hispanic. Like we're so, both yeah. from the same place. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> um, okay. There's a lot uh, to unpack there. There's that kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, she, She's she's good. She's good people. She means yeah. well. She tries. I think. I hope. Jeez. I don't know. Sometimes. Well, I think. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. No, so I'll let we you were go. Yeah. We sorry. were just. Uh, it's okay. We went to the. <laughs> yeah. Keep interrupting. Uh, keep uh, going. We, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stop now, podcast. Oh, uh, we went to the store, basically, is what I'm saying. And I was like, oh, I forgot my mask. And she's like, you don't need a mask. And I was like, what are you talking about? 
she's like, look. And then she just walks into the store and I'm like, well, and I still didn't have my mask so I'm over here like that. And I peek in the store and this is like a little country town here in Texas because I was driving her home. Um, yeah, nobody was wearing masks. It was So I was like, and then, I, and then, you know, it came to mind like, oh, I've, I've been going to comedy shows. Travis Scott just had a show in Florida, allegedly. Uh, I've been going to comedy shows and they've been filling out the house. Like Todd Glass was just here, Full House. Uh, Joe Rogan and Tony Hinchcliffe are doing a show tonight, sold out, Full House. And it's just like, what happened? Like, <laughs> like once everybody got the shot, is it cool? Like, are we like yeah. maskless? That's, that's what that song was in case. You know, no. Weren't watching. I totally uh, got it. I thought the sound effect was great. Um, yeah, thank you. And I do feel like um, that's been a lot of, like, the attitude, at least, that I've been seeing recently, is that people think that, like, because the people that I know in my circle and I myself personally have gotten the shot, that means the rules don't apply to me, which, unfortunately, yeah. is not the case. Um, but I also think that uh, it's really interesting. We seem to have very similar parents, also. Um <laughs> Because I'm like, oh my god, why? Your dad was also a co-creator when you were in tour? <laughs> oh my god, what a coincidence! <laughs> no, but just as far as, like, um, you know, my parents being more on, like, the right-leaning side of things, and I think it's just so interesting because of what a conflict of interest that is. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, we don't have to go into it if you no. don't want to, but I just, uh, no, I'm really grateful to relate to you, um, for the sake of, uh, my relationship with my parents. Um, <laughs> Roz, interject something. <laughs> hey, hey, Tom, real quick, um, today when you take that tequila shot for Cinco, just know I'm, me and this Mexican have a lot in common, like, I'm an ally, just, just so you know, you're an ally, like, one of us. <laughs> I, I, I said it right now. I hope so. I, Mexican. I was about to say, like, I feel like because it is Cinco de Mayo, I should at the very least say my full name, which is Thomas Harold Beeler Edmondson Cortez y Garcia Junco y Payan de los Tornados en Capos Valle en Casa de Monques de Oca. And I said that wrong, and my mom's going to shit on me later because of it, but it's basically what it is. Benfino Jesus Chavira Jr., my guy. And, like, my God is a part of it. It is, it is another <laughs> suffix. Don't get confused, people, if you're listening to this. That is, uh, that's a legit common name. Um, but, okay, uh, we'll shift gears a little bit. Um, uh, although... You asked me to say something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Come no, on, no, Roz, I'm you... sorry. Go for I it. I interrupted yeah. you, I'm so sorry. Punch me in the face. No, I actually, Tom, I didn't know your, your full name, and it was beautiful, uh, and sounded like a warm breeze going through whatever trees they have. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I gotta turn up the gain on my mic for that, probably. Anyway, so... Uh... So I was just going to say, like, about the pandemic, I think it's really interesting because it's super different here in, in Baltimore. Mm. Um, so here comes Tom. Every single day, every single time we do this show, I talk about my partner owns a bar. Yay! Side <laughs> bar! Um, it's like a tiny, like, 80-person, 90-person capacity club. From what we've told Desiree, it is not, like, not even know, remotely disability accessible. Yeah. Historic. Probably haunted. Sorry, Delfino. Um, <laughs> was in House of Cards and The Wire. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but um, 
but yeah, he hasn't been open since the pandemic started. Uh, I think our last, the last show we had was Friday the 13th, um, right. last March. Uh, <gasps> the drag queens were the last ones to cancel on us, so they still had a show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been having, like, he, he, we had a conversation today. It's just like, what's the right thing to do? Like, it feels weird to ask people for their vaccination cards at the door. Mm-hmm. You know, but then at the same time, if someone's choose like not vaccinated and they're choosing to take the risk, like it's their choice. Like mm-hmm. it's just a very strange thing. And I think Maryland being like a more Democrat heavy state, like I think, you know, it's gonna probably be a very different environment from Texas, but like it's definitely something a lot of people uh our friend also owns a bar and performance venue and she's also just kind of like what do I do? What's safe? Like, what are, yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. That's crazy. Yeah. No, uh, when we opened up our restaurant, uh, they called me to go back to work and everyone was like, it was still like, everyone was like putting on gloves. I was wearing two gloves at a time because I didn't like, you know, having to wash my hands in between gloves. So I'll just like double glove it (laughs) and switch gloves. Um, And now we don't wear gloves. I still yeah. wash my hands as much, but I'm not as a, uh, we don't wear gloves like that no more. It's yeah. like, you know, people like are forgetting that, hey, remember when I'm like, bunch of people died? Like a lot, like yeah. a lot. Like, <laughs> last year, it just happened yeah. last year. It's so fucking crazy that it was just last year. Like, I mean, this year has been so eventful. Yeah, well, I mean, People are still dying. I had a friend die back in February from COVID. Like it's oh it's God, a real sorry. thing. Um, there was also side note. It was the first time I've ever been to a funeral on Zoom, and there was a fight off camera. Wait. And, so and was, there was a fight like at her funeral. Like, <laughs> oh shit! I'm sorry for laughing, but no, it's, <laughs> no, it's kind of funny. It's kind of. I was like watching it crying and laughing at the same time like, are you kidding me people you can't like how many people actually... were attendants at the funeral uh yeah yeah she was literally like you know my friend was literally lying there in her coffin and some guy started screaming at another guy then they went off camera and i guess they like every young man in the room just hopped up and like booked it out there and you just heard all this yelling and i was like are you fucking kidding? <laughs> it's like, turn the laptop <laughs> and see what's yeah, going on. It was also like, I was like, I feel like the funeral home kind of failed me a little bit there because they could have just, yeah. just like moved the way. Oh, but, but you can hear it, but we're not going to let you watch. Well, like, you want to know what's going on, but it's also kind of that conflict of like, it's either, I feel like um, it's, not that it's easier, but like it's a different set of challenges on the East Coast and the more like industrialized areas like Baltimore. I'm in Alexandria, which is like very close to DC, where it's like the decision really is like you're gonna die by COVID or you are going to die by not going to work and being able to pay your bills um, is, is the choice that people are making. Um, just, you know, to like bring it to a lighter note, but. Um, It seems like, at least in Texas, they are getting more comfortable with, like, live performance, and that is bringing back opportunities to comedians, which, like, again, is, like, a conflict, because, like, I'm about 
opportunities for comedians, but also like I want people to be safe. Yeah. So I just started uh, booking shows here. Uh, I'm in this little, little sketch comedy group, and I, I had this idea during the pandemic. I was like, hey, why don't we have like a little socially distance uh, comedy show outside? Like, I'll have the performers doing it from my balcony. I live on the second floor, and there's like a little a parking lot behind my apartment. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why you know why don't we have put some chairs back there? Have the comedians be up there? Everyone's still super super separate, and then the apartment complex was like. Why don't we do it by the pool? We're opening the pool up. And I was like, well, that's a good opportunity. I'm not going to say no to that. Um, so we had it this Friday. And it, I didn't get to see it. Apparently, it went really well, the show. Okay. I was supposed to host it. But I, 30 minutes before the, the, the comedian showed up, before everybody showed up, uh, I passed out and had a seizure uh, from lack of sleep, food, and water, because you need that stuff. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so so I passed out, had a seizure, and they were like, hey, you need to go to the hospital. I was like, but the show's about to start. And they are like, mm, no, you need to go to the hospital. So, oh, my God. So, yeah, that, that was probably a good idea. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, you know, that's all it was. You know, the dehydrate, you know, I just needed some little bit of water. Um, but, you know, for sure, go. Let, it's good that I went to go get, get checked just in case. Um, I hit my head or whatever. I got a CAT scan. Um, now I owe them a bunch of money. <laughs> Hashtag American day. Healthcare. Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not gonna pay them. Um, so, <laughs> well, that's why we go to the ER because that's the doctor you go to late at night that you don't have to pay. Yeah. And so if you break, if you so for anybody listening, you break your foot, just wait it out around seven or eight p.m. Go to the ER. Let them know, hey, I just fell. Tell them you just fell. I just and, fell. And I think something's wrong with my foot. So then, you know, then they'll take care of you. They have to. It's the Uber, Uber, no ambulance. Uber. Uber, yeah, Uber. Oh, my God. They called an ambulance and I had to go in. I was so mad. I was like, this is like $2,000. <laughs> That's all I was thinking. The whole time, I was just mad about the money. I, was just, <laughs> I didn't even care about my health. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking much about the show. Have you been no, hydrating but... more? I'm now genuinely just concerned about your health. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I have a bottle of water. Yeah, I keep them on deck. Like, I, you know. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. He's you. got a water bottle. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'll go have one water you a Gatorade if you need one. Like. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm taking more care of myself since Friday. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But no, I mean, even then, there was still a, a 45 people show out. And I think they only had like two tents out, two 10 by 10 tents out, and then like a little stage area. So how everybody fit, I'm not sure. Um, I'll, I'll have to wait for the footage because mm-hmm. there is. Uh, <laughs> which <laughs> makes me so mad because like, I keep getting these messages, these emails like, oh, the show, it was such a fun show. It was such a great show. It's like, well, uh, did you record that. it? Can you send me yeah. a clip? <laughs> No, God and that's the thing. People, people were sending me like Snapchats while I was in the hospital. I'm like, that looks like a lot of fun. Right? <laughs> I, was like, oh, I wish I could be in there. Um, but yeah, so so now we're planning for the next show. We're gonna be doing them every Friday at the end of the month, and and you know we're gonna we're expecting a bigger show out. I'm kind of concerned because it's still a pandemic. Like, <laughs> if there was 45 people that showed up in the rain. Imagine what, how many people are going to show up when there's a pool and sun out to a outdoor comedy no. show that's by a pool. Like it's definitely like because almost more places 
haven't opened up yet. The places that are are getting like all of their business, uh, which like if you can get a spot at like one of those venues, you're gonna get some visibility you maybe weren't able to before. Yeah, and, and lucky me, I think that's that's, that's what uh, helped me out a lot, honestly. Like, I started reaching out to comedians, like, two weeks ago. Like, hey, I got a couple shows to book. Um, what you doing on this date, this date, this date? And, and most of them are probably free. saying nothing. It's a pin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah, I'm available. I'd, I'd love to. Thanks for the stage time. No, yeah. thank you. Like, no, thank you, buddy. 100% <laughs> thank you. Uh, but no, I've met a lot of cool people because of it. Like, I'm, I feel very fortunate that I put myself in this super stressful position. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, so stressful. I went to the hospital. Jeez. No. Um, yeah, no, uh, but I mean, like I said, I've met so many fucking cool people, so many funny, funny people here in Austin. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's a real cool thing. It's a really cool thing. Um, Can I ask maybe like, was were there any of the connections that you were able to make within Austin? Because I've found this for myself, that I am connecting a lot with people in my area through the Zoom mics. Um, like, uh, there's a few Baltimore comedians that I just met that, like, I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. But do you feel mm -hmm. like uh, it's at least been, like, a benefit as far as, like, networking maybe with other Austin comics? Not through Zoom. Not through, nah, Zoom. not through Zoom. Yeah. Fuck I, I, Zoom. I, I, fuck Zoom. No, um no Other than T B and J. Like many of them did Zoom to be fair, to be honest. Like yeah. like I've uh, so this Sunday we I I had another show um at this small production studio. It was live streamed, um uh, uh it was live streamed live streamed through YouTube and Instagram and I was thinking that you know the the, the guy the guy that you know runs the little production company was gonna try to get people in the door but he didn't make much of an effort mm -hmm. but like this next month i have bigger co comics booked so you know he we got a venue for it all this fun stuff um that's cool yeah no i'm, I'm really excited we got yeah. like david lucas william montgomery and like three four like five four really really good local comedians and i'm like super excited to see or you know um uh, introduce did you want to plug it real quick um, Where can people get tickets yeah, to Par that? Paradox Productions 103. Uh, that's their Instagram handle, their YouTube handle, Paradox Productions 103. Um, we're going to be doing our show at the Victory Grill on June 6th. Yes, June 6th. And then I have another show at the end of this month on May 28th. That's the that's the outdoor outdoor one, the super fun one. Okay, See, the, well, the, I'm glad you I'm glad you're getting another shot at that. Maybe eat a few meals of salt and... <laughs> yes, honestly, I'm like, it's, it's going to be super funny. I'm super excited like to be like, hey, guys, this is, a, this is my first uh, show. I put on the last one, but how's this one? <laughs> <laughs> now I've been... And then watch, watch that one fluids. turn out not yeah. so good. Like, <laughs> the first one was way better. It's like, wait, so I'm going to stop going to these. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. That's awesome. All right. Okay. So, um, again, and I also preface this with the other guests on the show. This doesn't have to be the last question. We're happy to like keep talking into nine thirty, and then we normally actually stop streaming and then keep like talking the shit afterwards. <laughs> That'll be like I don't know if I could ever find a way to get that data, like the laughing into the void exclusive content. But um, 
No, um, either way, like I said, we always ask the same last question, too. So I just want to make sure that I get in there formally, even if it's not our official last question. But what's up next for you? Both stuff that's coming up soon that we can check out, more stuff to plug if you have it, and also, like, kind of what is your intention with comedy in the long term? What are, like, your overarching goals as far as, like, where you want to take this if you're in it, like, for the long haul, or if it's, like, just something that's, like, a fun thing to do during a pandemic? Um, I want to be on the Food Network. That's, <gasps> that's, <laughs> I genuinely want to be on the Food Network. Um, because that happens to comedians. They get picked up for shows like that. But, um, but no, it's, it's more storytelling. I want to connect, you know, connect with people the way that, like, I connected with comedians when I was little, like, some George Carlin, like, you know, like, you know what I would, I would watch his specials and be like, you see, I'm not an asshole. (laughs) People are just fucking stupid. Like, so if, you know, if I could reach to someone and have, make them realize like, Hey buddy, you're not a fucking asshole. Everyone's just dumb. You know, everyone else. Um, (laughs) It's actually a great fucking mission statement for your comedy. (laughs) Yeah. You're not a piece of shit. Everybody else sucks. Uh, (laughs) That's my favorite kind of comedian where they like start their set and they're like, we're all just going to operate under the assumption that we're all terrible people. And we agree. Yeah. And now I'm going to call you, you know, like that's exactly. I just assume everybody's, you know, in my area, like, Oh yeah, you've also done horrible things. It's all right. We, we, um, yeah, that, I mean, I got my little sketch comedy group or well, not mine. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm a part of it. Um, that's oh my God. Comedy. No, you're right. I was about to say, I almost fucking forgot to ask you, tell us about mad circus. Mad Circus. Um, it's the greatest group of people I've, I've met. Honestly, I, I think uh, it started with like one uh, one of the guys was gave me a, a lift ride, and he's like, "Well, actually, I have this group," and you know, he invited me to their Zoom meeting to see if I'd be interested. And it's writers, comedians, actresses, you know, for people that wa- want to do something uh in this field and it was just a um, every monday meeting uh, and where we'd like brainstorm and then we'd put out a, a little one minute video or something or someone if someone had an idea if someone had something like hey shoot it to us we'll edit it we'll put it on the mad circus page and now we're doing live comedy shows wow so, that's so cool oh. yeah it's it's really exciting how it's grown and like and how like well everybody works together because like if it wasn't for everybody else that friday show wouldn't have happened like every we had everything going against us it was raining like crazy the dj canceled um it was raining like crazy i passed out and had a seizure so they had no hosts and you know so i think they were telling me like come before the show like it was basically you know everyone playing hot potato with the mic like oh i <laughs> want to do it until somebody finally stepped in and did it and and it was awesome and it was great now and i you know everyone was like hey dude you know it, it, if you can plan an event and it go and you know and not be there while it's happening and everything goes fucking smoothly it's a successful event. You did Honestly, that's great management skills. And yeah. got to delegate. Has a really decent audience too. I mean, yeah. for for like yeah. early on in local comedy, I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty decent sized audience. Yeah, on, exactly. And yeah. in the rain, that's what I, that's what blew me away. I was like, oh, there's gonna be ten people there. 
I'm like, no, no. And I showed, I showed up right as the show ended. I, you know, I with my hospital gown. I was like, I'm here, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of like the end of a movie where someone just shows up in, the, like, in in the pouring rain in the hospital gown. Gas <laughs> out, tubes everywhere. <laughs> Did it go well? It's um, like there's a girl there. He's gonna profess his love to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to have a good show. Um, <laughs> no, but um, but honestly, like you know, so like I said, they were they were saying, hey, you know, you did a great job, da, 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 and I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. But honestly, I would it would have been I would have never happened if it wasn't for these these other guys like um, pushing, you know, making sure it happens. And I think for the next show, we're gonna have like Via Three One Three, which is a very good local pizza place. Um, and that makes you like, on, hey, look at Cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's great. This is the best part. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, best pizza place ever, by the way. I had it for the first time two weeks ago. Amazing. Like, for the first time, I, I, I eat pizza like three times a week. He is genuinely um, behind the sponsors for his show. Yeah, they haven't even sponsored us yet. I don't care. Well, they, they fucking it. should. If they're listening they now, they should sponsor. They just yeah. got free or I'll, advertising. Or I'll start. Or I'll stop talking about how it's the best pizza I've ever had. I've God, and how it's just so pizza. delicious. I'm salivating now. Um, oh, so good. Anyways, <laughs> but like overall, it seems like you're pretty much like in comedy for the long-ish haul. Mad Circus has some stuff in the works. You got some of your own stuff in the works. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty fucking cool. So I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> oh my god, aren't we all? But like, I'm just gonna take a real quick second. Although again, we're probably gonna keep talking afterwards. I'm gonna spotlight myself. Take us out real quick. That's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you, Delfino, for being such a great guest and for hanging out with us. And you can find him on Instagram at Delfini. Uh, thank you, Roz, for being a great co-host as always. And a big thank you to our audience um, if you're out there Schrodinger's audience um, for watching the program if you enjoyed the stream please consider making a donation or following us on social media you can find the links to do either of those things in the episode description and tune in next week as we interview comedian Nick D's Virginia local oh my god either way thanks again for watching us and have a good night